allow it. <laughs> the um, years ago, and he may still do it. My friend uh, Kevin Donka, uh, he had an audio CD. I think he gave it out to his people in his in his uh, chiropractic office, and it said, <clears throat> "Are you becoming a boiling frog?" And you know, it told the story about the science experiment, and uh, people did them in school. You put a, a, a you put a frog in hot water, it jumps out. But if you slowly raise the temperature, it doesn't. It adapts to that until it's dead. And really, are we all becoming boiled frogs? We're living in a society where we have no privacy at all, none. Um, our assumed privacy is used up by you know our assumption that we're alone at any time, but really we're not. So, um, same thing with health. Are we assuming that the pictures on TV, what the doctors tell us, what magazines say, drug companies and all those things, is the truth for us? When we talk about it with some people, sometimes there's a lot of defense, there's emotion around it. I've made this decision for my family. Um, if we're not taking proactive steps in life, to understand what it is to be alive, what it is to be healthy, because it's the most important thing. Right now, like I, I've said multiple times, and everyone should be reading it, is Wallace Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich. And riches are what we determine riches are for us. Riches in health, in vitality, in money, in relationships, all those wonderful things, family, whatever you, community, right? So those riches are, are what are, is up to you. Um, but if we are not proactive in those communities, a community of health, in the community of family, in the community of whatever it might be, and becoming an expert, I mean, we don't have to be a study of, you know, study community, but, you know, being a part of someone else's life, understanding them. And it's about not being selfish, right? Being part of our tribe. Same thing with health. Being an expert. If I decide to do one thing, let me research it. The pros and the cons. Let me go to, you know, WebMD. And then let me go, go to the health ranger in Mercola or my website, or call me, whatever it might be, um, to research these things if you have questions. To blindly follow is becoming that boiled frog. If we just follow along, there's a term people use, and I hate it, it's called sheeple, right? Just following along with the pack. Uh, I bet you 99% of the moms and dads out there have said, if your friend jumps off a bridge, you're going to jump after him, you know? And I, I, I used to say, yeah, we've jumped off the bridge a lot. There was a reservoir and there was a bridge across. You know what? We used to jump it. <laughs> like an idiot, you know, myself, be, cancel, 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 being a Weisenheimer, you know, as a kid. And uh, that was my reply because I did. But, you know, our parents are right. You know, are we just following blindly? And really, they have to also look at their decisions they're making. Why did they make their decisions in life? So a conscious life, what does that mean? And I sent a message a, 
uh, a midwife in town who I call like the midwife of midwives around here. She really started the movement. Her name is Pam Peach, and I respect her a great deal. She sent me a friend request, and somehow I thought we were already friends, <laughs> but she sent me a friend request. And uh, I said, hi, Pam. I'm so happy we're connected. Let's get together so we can uplift the consciousness of our Brevard. I live in Brevard County. Let's uplift this consciousness. Let's uplift the people around us, our communities. Community is one of the 50 senses. We talk about the five senses. There's 50 senses. Community is being one of them. Because we're as strong as our tribe is, right? That is the, one of my main reasons for doing what I'm doing. Because I, in my mission statement is to create a heavenly earth. That one small sentence where my mission statements used to be two paragraphs, right? But I realized I do everything so I can live in a better world, raise my children in a better world, and my children's children will live in a better world. Everything I do falls in line for that to happen. From my podcast, from my adjusting seminars, mission trips, opening my door in the morning, doing this, having our morning meetings. Every single thing I do, if it's not for that, I check it off, right? Food, I have to eat so I can continue that. I bought my awesome little Volkswagen Beetle, a 73 Beetle. I'm very happy about it because, you know what, joy for me, it's also we have to be in joy ourselves, and it's little things. I didn't buy a Rolls Royce, which I wouldn't mind having one. But little things that bring me joy, right? My kids had a blast in it. I get to educate them on an air-cooled internal combustion engine as they grow up, which is really exciting to me. To me, that's creating a better world, right? A better connection, better family, all those type of things. So having our mission statement is very important. And I've said this in the past what we're going to do, let's I, really, for the beginning of the year, we're almost done. It's almost Christmas time. It's almost New Year's. Let's make our own personal mission statement. My mission statement and my office mission statement are slightly different. And some people say they should be the same. They are slightly different, but I include my family in, in that. Okay, that's the difference. There's no big difference in it, but a little bit. But coming up with our personal mission statements is very important because then it's our guideline for life. And it's modifiable. This isn't, okay, I wrote this one time and I'm going to put it on my tombstone, right? <laughs> okay, you know what? Let it evolve and adapt. Mine, you know, over 25 years, I, that's how long, I mean, I'm 50 years old. I've done my mission statement basically 25 years. It has evolved, changed. I also have my, I have my mission I have my vision and I have my purpose, okay? My purpose is to cultivate health as a farmer cultivates the field. Cultivate health in the world as a farmer cultivates the field, right? Because I see myself a little bit as a farmer, farmer in health and vitality with humans, human beings. So those things, putting it down on paper, we have multiple businesses that we have and I have mission statements for each one of them. Mission, vision, and purpose. Because the vision is of afar. Where am I going? So 
it might feel mundane or it might feel like a huge task. There are a lot. I mean, you go on YouTube, you'll probably get 4,000, you know, uh, videos of writing a mission statement, right? Which to me is I'd rather stick a fork in my eye. But don't let me program with you, with you that. Back up. It might be great for you. <laughs> Because you know why? You know why? It's Friday. You know why? You know why I say that? Because I've already done it. I have to say, maybe that's what it is. If you haven't written your mission, vision, and purpose, go out and do it. Today is right. We're we're we have Monday, and then it's Christmas, the end of the year. Okay. I know Christmas stuff is stressful for people, but really, to de-stress it is having the roadmap for our future, of where I see myself where I'm grounded in the moment, our mission, our vision, our purpose, okay? If anything we can do with all these audios, we have nearly like 65 right now. Um, If anything, having our mission, our vision, and our purpose, I think is the most important one of them all. So let's start, well, next, maybe next week or the first of the year, um, I'll download some, some worksheets. I'll post them with this video, and uh, we'll, we will uh, get that going, okay? How does that sound, everybody? Sounds good. Awesome. So please also keep me on track to do that, if, okay? So let's work on it together. This is a team effort. Yesterday, we also had our Green Book readings we did in here, and we posted that video in our, our YouTube channel, Innate Express podcast, but... Um, what we also did was also work on ourselves. We also had meaning like this. Where are we being stuck? Where are we seeing ourselves as that boiled frog? What has held me back? And a lot of these things go back either our childhood where we had a wound, right? I tell the story all the time about the Lamborghini. Did I tell that story? The Lamborghini. As soon as I, as soon as I brought my awareness to a day where I was annoying my mother, I'm sure, to no end. At probably seven or eight years old, I wanted a Lamborghini. She told me, ah, oh, those are pipe dreams. And when someone told me, you know, a couple of years ago, you should have a Lamborghini. And I said, oh, no, it's a pipe dream. And I thought, bam. It went right back to that moment. And my mother's not that type of person. But I was programmed with it. The next day... Lamborghini of Palm Beach asked me to drive Lamborghinis all day and bought me lunch at the Four Seasons in Palm Beach. I drove that thing like I, like I didn't own it. <laughs> and my wife did too. She drove that thing like she was going to kill it. It was awesome. So the time we spend with community, if you are on this podcast and you're, you don't have a, a community group to meet with, or friends to listen to these two with, you know, connect with us. Um, we could talk through things ourselves. If you want to send me an email, DC at gmail. You could write comments. You could send me private comments. I'm open to you because we are now all a community together. If it's five people, 5,000, 10 million, this is what the goal is. So no one's alone. A lot of the things that came up for me was loneliness. And where does that come from? You know what? I have a, I feel like I'm never alone. But sometimes as a child, you can have lots of people around you and still feel by yourself. As an adolescent or a teen, right? There'd be thousands of people around you, but you feel alone. Some of those feelings we carry through our life. I know these things get heavy in a moment. 
But those are the things that actually hold us back at times, right? Labeling it, seeing it, getting through it. Because then we're not the boiled frog any longer. You jump out of the pot. You can make one small change. Um, in, uh, is it Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Um, one of his things was his wife said something about the neighbors. Oh, or in a new place they moved into, the neighbors aren't very friendly around here. And so and so, or it was somebody talking to him. In our neighborhood, neighborhood neighbors aren't very friendly. And then he realized, well, what are we doing to become friendly with our neighbors? Right? Either we could sit in the pot and boil and complain about everybody else. But if we can say, okay, I'm going to open the door, knock on my neighbor, and bring over a, you know, a box of cookies or a, <laughs> a, string be- a bottle of wine. There you go. You can bring me tequila. <laughs> okay, you got it. So, and, and then we can be proactive. We could be the frog jumping out of the pot. We can create our own life. But if we're creating our own life and blaming everyone else for it, then what are we really? We're the boiled frog. So let's feel froggy and jump out of our own way. Get out of our own way and say, you know what? I'm going to make a little bit of change. If you find one point in life, we could do this whole thing as a meditation, but I feel like talking today. If you find one thing where you're feeling yourself complain about something, right? What will be my action steps to make change? One of my things was I was a little bit bored and I love cars. I love motors, I love engines. I love my truck I drive. It's a fairly new Tundra. It's like driving a Cadillac, okay? It really is, which is a little boring, okay? <laughs> La-dee-da. And I, you know what? And that's why I bought the car. What could I do? I didn't, it's not expensive. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> you know, all those type of things. I made one little change. And you know what? I let that whole thing go. That's not something keeping me back or on my mind. I know it's not a big thing. So look at the little things. You don't have to transform everything in your life all at once. You just have to realize this freaking pot is hot. I'm jumping out, right? When we become complacent, we become bored is the most important part of that, right? Because we start looking for changes. Kids being bored psychologically is extremely important for them because then they become more creative. They do more things with their hands and eyes and brains. When I was a kid, I was bored. We turned on the TV, three channels. I'd watch Lawrence Welk, right? You don't even know what that is. The most boring television on the planet, okay? Whoever's listening to this watch Lawrence Welk with their father and mother, well, my goodness, they're all falling out of their chair right now. Don't do that. Huh? Don't do that. Don't do that. That's why I have arms on my chair right now. I'd fall out. The, uh, but label those little things. What is it? that I've become complacent to, and let me make one small change. That next change, and then there's another change, and there's something else. If you hate all the shoes you're wearing, you know what? Get rid of them. Don't complain about them because they're too tight. Get rid of them. But if you're sitting and you're looking at them and you complain about them, why in the heck are they in your consciousness? 
That is, and I, and I use the shoes for a reason myself, actually, um, because I have some that drive me nuts. Why are they still, I've been mean, looking at them in my closet, right? I'm wearing my most comfortable Cole Haan shoes today, even though they're a little dirty, don't pick on me. But making the little, uh, the, uh, <laughs> making the little changes in life, one step closer to your own divinity, right? Divinity, di- the, the story of the Dalai Lama, where he goes, um, some people are hosting him, and he just spoke, and they take him to a restaurant, and everyone's skirting around the, qu- the, the big question, you know, and uh, afraid to ask, what's the meaning of life? Until the waitress walks up, hey, you're that guy. You know what? What's the meaning of life? And he goes, ah, finally, the, the humble one asks the question, basically, right? And he said, the meaning of life is happiness. So if there's one of those little things keeping you from happiness, right? A tight shoe, a shirt you don't like, but you're just there. A relationship that is less than honoring. You don't have to nurture that, force that relationship to be honoring. You have to make change and say, look, I'm just going to update my Rolodex or delete you out of my contact list for now. I can come back later, but you know what? My joy and happiness is very important right now. Loving myself is what it boils down to. Taking our time in the morning, and I didn't do this this morning, and I just realized this. I basically got dressed in the dark so I didn't wake up anybody. I didn't even look in the mirror. Waking up and just telling, giving yourself a moment and say, I love you. You love yourself. I love you. Looking yourself in the eye. Who else do you have? Right? Your family, everyone, of course, they love you, but you know what? None of us hear it enough. So taking time to love ourselves. I guess that's what everything is that we're just talking about, is taking the time to love ourselves and appreciate ourselves. So this is our assignment for tonight. When we go home, we take a shower, whatever we do, give your little toe thanks. Wash it a little extra each one of our toes and say thank you for the journey you've taken me on in life to our knees our ankles our hips our elbows every part of our body just give it just a second of extra thanks right do a little thing to nurture yourself if you like a little bit of chocolate go get a little bit of chocolate okay it is friday enjoy yourself and the other part is you know what don't overdo it I'm talking about and if we're if it's about food, right? Because there's a fine line, there's a line, and we overdo it, and then it's not honoring anymore, right? It's it it is something else. We're not gonna get into that right now, okay? But give our bodies a little thanks, and then let's just take a minute right now. Let's rub our ankles, our feet. Thank you, feet. Thank you so much for activating you. Thank you for this journey in life. I appreciate you arms, elbows, fingers. I'm going to rub my head, my <laughs> nose. Girls are afraid to mess up their hair. My beard even. All right. Oh, my throat, my voice. Thank you. My lungs and my heart, my stomach, everything. Okay. Well, I enjoyed this one this morning. And I want to thank Kevin Donka for also, who isn't here, but who also made me conscious of the boiled frog years ago. And then boiled frog came up in, a, in our reading today, too. 
So I appreciate all the people that have come before us and the people are yet to come. All right. Thank you all. Thank you.